Hi, friends. Good to see you all. Quiet group today. In case you missed it, we're in the season of Advent, and Christmas is fast approaching. Um, but I have to admit, friends, that it's been a sort of crazy Christmas season for me. I was watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special um, a little bit ago because, obviously, it's Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> I'm glad some of you are on the same page with me. But um, I was struck kind of afresh by the first scene uh, with Charlie Brown and Linus. They're walking along to the jazzy soundtrack, and then they stop, and Charlie Brown says, Ah, uh, there must be something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I mean, I like getting presents and uh, giving Christmas cards and ice skating and all that, but I'm still not happy. And Linus rolls his eyes and says, Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> But watching this film in the past, I always identified with Linus. Like, come on, Charlie Brown, it's Christmas. It's easy to feel the way you're supposed to feel. Like, look around. There is um, Christmas cookies and peppermint mochas and neighborhood bedecked in holiday twinkle lights and all of these things that tell us how Christmas is supposed to feel. And it should be easy, right? Um, but this time around, I feel a lot more like Charlie Brown. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. It's, it's not as easy as it seems um, for me right now. And honestly, I think it's because I'm hurried and distracted. Um, but confession time, it's maybe because I'm a little bit jaded, a little bit cynical. Christmas seems super commercial for me right now. Even, I think, standing in the high school theater bedecked in holiday Christmas garb for whatever Christmas concerts are happening, it feels a little um, flashy to me. There's this one commercial that keeps showing up when I catch up with my shows on Hulu uh, for Glade Candles, and it's this... <laughs> This musician who says, um, Glade invited me to sing about how the holidays make me feel. And <laughs> it's a set in like evergreens and candle lanterns and all of this stuff. And uh, he sings in the super high falsetto about peace on earth and good feelings and all this, all this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, hey, whoa. Because the tagline is, feel the anticipation, feel Glade. And I'm like, like, whoa, hold on, stop it. Stop manipulating my emotions. Stop telling me what I'm supposed to feel. I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that fake feel stuff. Like, like knock it off. Um, because, yeah, I want to feel what Christmas feels like. Yeah, I, I, I want to feel that anticipation for Christmas, but I don't think it feels like Glade candles. Like, <laughs> like back off, leave me alone. Um, and we're, we're surrounded by all of that. Again, we know what Christmas is supposed to feel like. It feels like um, cozy Christmas sweaters and flannel. And I mean, look at all of you. You stepped out of a Gap holiday ad right now. Like, like too, too much. Um, I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> you guys are great. Um, but I think, so uh, part of this is like wrestling with, with where, where do I land in this question of what does Christmas really feel like? And the answer for me, um, I think I've let, I've stopped myself from really feeling what Christmas feels like. Like I said, my, f my first reaction to that 
Glade commercial was defensiveness and snarkiness and some like sarcastic comeback. Um, and I think I've spent so much time, um, there's a line from a book that I read that's been kind of echoing in my head. It goes something like, they're wary of melodrama, so they remain numb or clever instead. Um, and I was like, oh shoot. Like, have I built up such a defense against all of the fake feels that I'm just left with a shield of sarcasm and cynicism and I'm left with none of the real thing? Um, that I think that in this season of Christmas, when we think we know what Christmas feels like, we've stopped ourselves from really feeling what Christmas feels like. Um, I think we have the emotional range of a teaspoon. We like haven't stopped to, to really enter in and to really feel that um, I think the root of the Charlie Brown dilemma, as I'm calling it for myself, is um, that when Charlie Brown says, I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel, I think maybe he might mean what I'm supposed to feel doesn't feel right. There feels like something's off about it. Something's wrong. It's not quite right there. Um, and I, I hope this isn't true of you. I hope that you've had a wonderful and lovely Christmas season and that you're feeling all the things you're supposed to feel. But I kind of have a vague idea that, that maybe you're with me, that maybe you understand what I mean. Um, so I wanted this morning uh, to answer the question, what does Christmas feel like, with maybe the answer isn't in all of the things that we think we know to be true. Ingram said a couple of weeks ago in our Between Two Storms series that the greatest barrier to really knowing something is thinking that we already know it. The second that we think we've got it on lock is the second that we've missed it and missed it completely. Um, so maybe the answer to what does Christmas really feel like is not in the trappings that we normally expect, but maybe it's in the story of Advent, which is a different story altogether. We've been practicing it together at Awakening Church as we like light the candles, as we get ready to expect the coming of Christ at Christmas, the arrival of Emmanuel, God come to us as one of us. It encompasses Advent as a whole, encompasses the original waiting of God's people for the Messiah, the one that they believed was promised to come and to save them, to set everything right, um, to enact God's promise and God's reign on the earth. Um, and we believe that person is in Jesus Christ, so Advent for us is the anticipation of Christ's birth at Christmas. But it has another kind of layer for us, that in the meantime, um, Christ has already come, to us and has saved us and rescued us and given us grace and salvation and healing and wholeness if, we're, if we are followers of Christ. Um, but Christ has not yet fully come. The reign of God has not yet fully come. There's still uh, the world that um, is broken and in pain and suffering, and we believe that Christ is coming back. So Advent encompasses that second kind of period of waiting, not just waiting for the celebration of the birth of Christ at Christmas, but the waiting for the coming of Christ again when the world will be made whole and everything will be put right. Um, so when I ask a, a question of myself, what does Advent feel like? Um, I think the best way for me to talk about that kind of stuff is to tell a story. Um, it's maybe my background as a lit major is like lots of reading all the time, but like that's, that's how I kind of communicate, I think, in story. So let me tell you the best Advent story I have or the best story of what Advent feels like. Earlier this year, I turned 25, 
It's kind of a big deal. I'm not really a birthday person, but I wanted to do something sort of special. Um, and I found out that my favorite band, The Head and the Heart, was coming through the Bay Area on tour um, in September. So I, the tickets went on sale like right around my birthday, and like that's what I, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I, I was like, perfect. So I told a couple of friends who I knew would be just as excited as I was about the concert. The Head and the Heart playing with City and Color at the Berkeley Greek, like. Oh, so excited. Um, obviously, none of you are, <laughs> so it's okay. But I was like out of my mind excited about it. And so I got a couple of friends who also bought tickets. We, we got tickets. I was like, that's what I want to do for my birthday. But my birthday's in May, and I had to wait till September for the concert, right? Like, so this is just like a long season of waiting for this thing to come, the thing that I had really, really wanted and expected and hoped for. I left the, the email. I bought like the tickets online, so I left the email at the bottom of my inbox, and every time I saw it, I was like, oh, guys, I'm going to see the head and the heart. I'm going to see the head and the heart. And people got really tired of it, I'm sure. They're like, Alicia, we know, we don't care. <laughs> but I was really excited. And then the day of the concert is finally there. So we had printed our tickets. We had mapped out where we were going to go. We knew where we were going to park. We like queued up a playlist for the drive. We were ready and prepared and stoked for it to happen. Um, and then we get there. We find our seats. We sit through the opening act, which was good. And then the, the next act, which was also good. And then um, the lights go down. They leave the stage. There's the sort of interim music, and everyone's chatting. And you're like, oh my god gosh, it's about to happen. It is about to be here. And then uh, they come out, they sort of tune the instruments, and then they leave. I'm like, ah, oh, that's such a tease. It's like almost here. And then finally, finally, um, the stage lights go up, the house lights go down, and it's happening. And it doesn't matter how many times I've listened to the CDs, how many times I've sung Rivers and Roads while I wash dishes. Like, it doesn't matter. None of that compares to, like, the magic of the live performance. Like, it's happening now. Um, that, for me, is what Advent feels like. The thing that you're waiting for finally comes, finally arrives. And it's, it's that very beginning part of it that I think I want us to zoom in on, that the signs are beginning to show through, that, like, the the little bits are beginning to fall into place. And, and this is it. This is what Advent, I think, is like. Um, and I don't think that we take a lot of time to really zoom in on that and feel that together. So I wanted us as a community to create space for that this morning. So we'll be doing something a little bit different. Um, the structure will be a little bit different for you. But please, hang with me. I promise I think it will be good for all of us. Um, we'll be lighting the candles and um, reading scripture and sharing stories. And not all the stories or examples will be your story, but please hear the invitation to find your story in the story of God as we move together. Um, the passages are all taken from the words of Isaiah, who is a messenger of God, who spoke uh, words to God's people at a time when God's people have been taken from their home and they're living um, among foreigners. They're in exile, uh, far away from everything they thought that God had promised them. And yet, Isaiah speaks words of comfort, of hope, of peace, of joy, and of love, that God has a plan for them, that God is going to rescue them, that God will bring them back into the promises of God. So the scriptures might sound a little strange, they might feel a little unfamiliar, but don't check out, lean into them, hear the word of the Lord spoken, not just to those people at that time, but to you here and now, okay? 
Um, secondly, there will also be probably some spaces for, for silence or, or reflection. Um, and I know that might feel uncomfortable for you. I, I get it, but, but again, like, don't check out, lean into it, hear what God might be saying to you through his word in, in that moment. Um, does that sound good? You, you with me? Great. The first movement of Advent is um, a movement of hope. It's hope in a new season. Um, and for me, the, the best picture I can think of when I think of what does this feel like when we talk about Advent is it feels like, like moving away, moving for a job. I have a few dear friends who are in this position who have received new jobs and are having to leave old ones and move into new ones. And sometimes that means moving away. Sometimes that just means moving down the street. It's, it's different for each of them. But like in this moment, there's hope for the future, for a new season that is exciting and beautiful and wonderful and really desperately good. And at the same time, it means leaving something old behind. Um, and that can be difficult and change is hard and it feels bittersweet on the whole, like the whole thing feels bittersweet. And I think that's, for me, the essence of, of Advent. Um, I was talking to a friend the other day and she said to me, um, if seasons don't end, growth would never happen. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of profound. <laughs> that, that makes sense to me. Like in, in nature, like that's how new growth happens is, is a, a plant sort of dies and is reborn all the time. And, and I think Advent is like that, that there is, um, that there is something being lost, but something new that is coming. And we're invited into that tension, into that process as God makes us new and makes us whole. So I've invited Josh and Janelle um, to come and light the first candle. Uh, they're dear friends of mine and um, sort of speak to me in this moment about what Advent feels like as uh, they move into new seasons together. So as they come to light the first candle of Advent, hear um, the word of the Lord uh, as God speaks to God's people about the hope they have in God's promise of a new season. Um, and hear the hope that we have in Jesus as the one who brings God's kingdom to us. Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will lie with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Isaiah 2, 3 through 5. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. 
He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many people. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord to you this morning. His resting place will be glorious. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Come, let us adore him. If the first movement of Advent is one of hope, we move into the second one. The the second movement of Advent is one of peace. And um, the image I have for what uh, this feels like has been difficult for me to, to come to. I don't know if this is the same for you, but for me, it's been a season of um, a lot of conflict, actually, um, a lot of troublesome news, uh, death and disease and um, lost hopes. And it's, it's difficult, I think, to feel the peace of Christ in those moments. But the invitation of Advent is that for those of us who follow Jesus, we live into the kingdom of God. Um, we recognize that Jesus has brought the kingdom to us with hope and peace and joy. Um, it's a promise that is sure and is delivered constantly, uh, grace and salvation and rest for our souls. Uh, Christ has made us whole and is making us new. Um, We find peace there. And yet, the world as we see it is not whole, is often very broken. Um, When when plans don't work out or um, when loss comes to us or, or we hear bad news or of marriages crumbling or people who are dying of, of friends who are in tight places. Um, it's hard for us to imagine that, that God is in the middle of that. We find ourselves sitting and waiting for God to come and make things right. Um, and we think, God, I know you've promised this or I know um, you've said this or I know you've called me to this and yet I don't feel you right now and I don't see you. So what's going on? Like, how can this be happening? And in that, I think God calls us to be faithful, to wait and remember God's promises, God's word that he will come again, to trust that God will come, that God is the one who always makes a way. Um, and I think that in those moments, the obedience and the waiting might be more important than the call itself, that what we learn in the waiting is sometimes a greater message. Um, so I've invited uh, Sean and Carrie to come and light the second candle for um, this movement of, of hope. Um, I think that they have spoken to me very like, clearly and profoundly of ways we find peace in the midst of pain. Um, so as they light this second candle, listen to the words of Isaiah. Isaiah speaks to God's people about the promise of peace, not just in the time to come, but available here and now. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like a crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way, Say to those with fearless hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. 
The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground babbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Isaiah 61, 1 through 7. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion of your land, in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. Listen to the word of the Lord for you today. To those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear, your God will come. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Everlasting joy will be yours. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Come, let us adore him. As we move from these beginning movements, they're often um, ones of sort of solemn and somber preparation. Um, the third movement of Advent is one of joy, um, of good tidings of great joy, as we hear often in some of the Christmas carols and some of the, the other Christmas passages. Um, for me, the picture of joy in, in Advent, of talking about what does Advent feel like, what does this joy feel like, is um, being engaged. Not that I would know from personal experience, but I can imagine. Um, you have waited for something desperately, and here it's finally coming. Signs that it's coming are appearing, right? Like there's a ring, you put a ring on it, and you're making plans and preparations, you're getting things ready, you're getting things together, you've set a date and you know it's coming. You know the thing that you've hoped for is on its way. Um, and yet sometimes you're stuck in the waiting with like lots of little things to do to get ready. And um, sometimes I can feel burdensome and tedious and tiresome. Like, why can't it just be here? Why are we still waiting? Um, and yet, I think in, like, in my experience with engaged couples is you find that the waiting in itself is a joy. Um, that it's a, a joy to take that time and prepare together. Uh, it's almost like your future in-laws are coming over for dinner and they text you that they're going to be 20 minutes late and you're like, oh, thank God, we've got a few extra minutes to like tidy up and make sure everything's ready, that the waiting, the extra time can itself be a blessing and a joy. So I've invited um, my friends Andy and Bianca to come up and light the third candle of joy. Um, they're witnesses of that joy in, in the midst of Advent um, in my life. So as they come to light the third candle, um, 
I'd like for us to step into that and hear the words that Isaiah speaks to the people of God that comes from knowing God's promise is sure. Um, Listen to the word of the Lord with joyful celebration that God is coming. Isaiah 12, two through six. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day, you will say, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud, sing and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Isaiah 52, 7 through 10. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, and who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Isaiah 61, 10 through 11. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes a sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the Sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all the nations. Hear the word of the Lord for you this morning. The Lord has done great things for us. Surely our God reigns. Let us walk in the light of the Lord, and come let us adore him. As we move out of the movement of joy, we move into the movement of love. It's the final movement of Advent, and it's the one that brings us most closely to the feet of Jesus. Um, Not just in sort of time frame that like the weeks march on and and Christmas is coming, um, but the most literal picture I can think to provide for what Advent feels like is um, expecting a child. Again, not that I know from personal experience, but from Um, everything that I have known and seen, it's like this is the ultimate picture of waiting and expecting God to come. Um, Sometimes if uh, a couple is expecting a child, it could be a surprise or it could be a a long hoped for thing. Um, And finally, the thing that is going to change everything is here. It's happening. And it's full of all of the things we've talked about wrapped up into one. It's excitement and ecstatic joy, but also um, nervousness and uh, fear. Like you pull out the calculator and realize how much things are going to cost. I have a friend who's um, going to be a dad soon, and um, he posted something on Facebook about realizing how much diapers are going to cost. And he's like, oh, maybe I need another job just for diaper money. How is this going to happen? So you're stuck in all of this tension of something is going to change my life for the better. And there's this 
ultimate unconditional love that's involved there, but also the tension of how do we prepare? How do we make ourselves ready? How do we get everything together, right? It's, um, it's overwhelming. Through it all, though, is the overwhelming presence of love. Um, so I've invited Dave and Catherine, um, friends also, who I think represent this feeling of Advent um, to me in their, uh, their peace and joy and love in this time. So hear from them the words of Isaiah, God's words of comfort and love to the people of God, news that the one they waited for is finally coming, um, not in the way they might have expected, but as a baby instead. Here now, the one we have hoped for and prepared for is finally coming. Isaiah 9, 2 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah 41 through 2 and 9 through 11. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed and to her sin and that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice and shout with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with you, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers his lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart and gently leads those who have young. Hear the word of the Lord for you this morning. On those living in darkness, a light has dawned. Comfort, comfort to you. Your God comes in power and in gentleness. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Come, let us adore him. These movements of Advent take us directly to Jesus, not just in in the ways that we have uh, allowed ourselves to feel the coming of Christ, but I mean, in the words themselves, they bring us to the feet of Jesus, and our only response left is to worship. So I'm going to invite the band back up as we um, segue into a time of worship. Um, My friend Tom is also going to come and light the the final candle, the Christ candle. We light the Christ candle and recognize that Christ has come to us. The one that we have waited for, um, the one who has been promised is coming. And it's made all of the difference. It's turned our lives upside down. And so um, as we light the Christ candle, not only do we say that Christ has come, but we we remember Christ's life and death. We proclaim Christ's resurrection from the dead, and we await Christ's final return when the world will be made right. The ultimate symbol of that is um, 
taking communion. So as we enter into a time of worship, I invite you to come to the table. Um, Come and know that God offers you hope and peace and joy and love and that God is making us new. So in that, we stand with me and, uh, and pray as we like, move into a time of worship. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we move into this time of worship, come let us walk in the light of the Lord and come let us adore him.